A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Desi. <laughs> this is might be the earliest we've ever recorded. Yeah. I so, still have my morning voice. I know it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> anyway, we do have a lot of news stories from this week. Oh. So let's get to them. Our top story. We have a top story. We do. Yeah. Desi, you were in the news this week. <gasps> oh, no. This is from AL.com. This is a story from Atlanta. Oh, right. Did you see this? No, I was in Atlanta, though. So are you sure? Are you sure you were not in Atlanta? (laughs) Let's hear it. Georgia woman crashes vehicle into Popeye's over missing biscuits. Oh, I did see this story. It's funny. I almost sent it to you. (laughs) Like it's completely forgot. I'm just kidding. Desi would never harm workers. No, but I would be upset. My biscuits were forgotten. Yeah, you would just like... I would faint in rage. You would do it privately, though. You'd do it in your car. And I. it's only if I had gotten home. Right. I wouldn't have... If I was there, I'd just go get them. If I had gotten home, then I would have fainted with rage. Yeah, that seems like the reasonable thing to do is just go back into Popeye's and be like, hey, you forgot my biscuits. Yeah. And that's it. If you're still there, yeah. A Georgia woman allegedly drove her vehicle into a... Allegedly. I mean, it happened or it didn't. Did she? she? (laughs) Allegedly drove her vehicle into a Popeye's after biscuits were left out of her order. Belinda H. Miller was charged with first-degree criminal damage to property and aggravated assault. Richmond County Sheriff's Office deputies responded to a Popeye's location in Augusta after receiving reports of an incident with injuries. The establishment's manager told police Miller became angry when there were no biscuits with her order, then drove her SUV into the restaurant's entr- restaurant's entrance. Entr- <laughs> so, I don't know why. Ex-entrance. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. I literally. What did she do, though? Did she, like, go around the... Because the drive-thru is like on the side, right? Yeah. The manager said the Popeyes corrected the mistake and gave her the biscuits prior to the crash. What? Miller nearly struck an 18-year-old employee with her vehicle when she crashed into the store. She was booked, given a bond of more than $4,000, although it's unclear if she remains in custody. I'd like to see a picture of like the angle the car Me went too. in. Me too. Because I... this. This woman has some issues. This is an insane reaction. Um, I guess they're saying allegedly, allegedly, because maybe she's claiming it was an accident. Mm. Like, oh, my blood sugar got low and I veered off into the entrance. Like, that could be possibly what she would say, even though that seems very unlikely. Yeah, especially since she got the biscuits eventually. I don't, this is, see, this, I don't, I'm trying to grasp her rage and I don't get it. We need answers. Did, is there a picture of her? No, there's oh, no picture. Come of on, her. we need to see Belinda. We need to know what <laughs> Belinda H. Miller looks but, like, like. That's got to be a funny mugshot too, right? 
Because it's like, is she smiling? Is she still angry? Is she's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> is she? Yeah. Is she smirking? Yeah. Is she like, yeah. Or is she giving that face? Sometimes in the mug shots, I like when they give a face like, yeah, I did it. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, I did it smile. The yeah, I did it smile. And the thing they got arrested for was always like, um, you know, peeing at a Walmart. It's something they feel justified. It's like behavior they think was justified. Right. right. Yeah. Um, our next story. This is crazy. This is out of SF Gate. Santa Cruz police are urging people not to engage with evil Elmo. Ooh. A man dressed as the Sesame Street character Cookie Monster. Wait, Cookie Monster. What? I'm already confused. Why are they? Okay. A man who's dressed as the Sesame Street character Cookie Monster is frightening locals and tourists in Santa Cruz. So much so that police are asking people to avoid him. Although a cookie monster wandering the Santa Cruz Wharf may seem like a fun photo op, the Santa Cruz Police Department warned, do not engage. Police told KSBW several calls have been made to the department about a man, although he has not been arrested or charged with any crimes. Local outlets have reported that the man has been seen harassing and shouting at people. A spokesperson from the Santa Cruz Police Department told SF Gate the man is believed to be Adam Sandler. <laughs> wow he's really come down (laughs) (laughs) better known in the bay area as evil elmo okay this guy has no relation to the actor adam sandler okay so he's previous done something previously as elmo yeah the bay area calls this character evil elmo even though in this story he's dressed as cookie monster crazy like why It says, it clarifies, he is not related to the actor of the same name. Oh, thanks. We are getting calls from people who say he is, quote, creepy. Based on his history, we advise the public to not engage with this individual. Steer clear from him. That's what Santa Cruz police spokesman Joyce, I'm too tired to pronounce that last name. It's fine. Told Cron 4. Sandler then called Dan or Danny Sandler in press coverage became notorious as a street performer in San Francisco's Fisherman Wharf in the early 2010s. Local business owners and tourists complained Sandler was making the area feel unsafe. In 2014, he was arrested for allegedly threatening an SF food vendor, reportedly shouting, I'm going to rip your throat out at her. Cookie Monster shouldn't say that. Or Elmo. Or Elmo. <laughs> he goes on rants and raves and accuses people of conspiracy theories, says Troy Campbell, then executive director of the Fisherman's Wharf Community Benefit District at the time. He frightens visitors and locals. Whatever business he's in front of has a horrible day. Sandler was also notorious in New York City. Whoa. So he gets around. Yeah. Again, we're not talking about Adam Sandler, the actor. No. This is evil Elmo, also known as Cookie, Cookie Monster, Monster. <laughs> where he made news for allegedly using anti-Semitic slurs oh. while dressed as Elmo. So he has two costumes. Wow. How do they know it's the same guy? Does he take off his hat or his face, his head yeah. at some point? Maybe. 
So he is evil Elmo. He's evil Elmo. He was u- allegedly using anti-Semitic slurs while dressed as Elmo in Times Square. He was arrested in 2013 for attempting to extort $2 million from his former employer, the Girl Scouts. What? Sandler was sentenced to a year in prison, and two female Girl Scout employees he allegedly harassed were given permanent orders of protection. In some of his emails, Mr. Sandler demanded $2 million in cash and threatened to spread the false story that the Girl Scouts regularly arranged sexual encounters between men and its campers if he did not get the money. Wow, this guy is like, this guy's bored. He's a real piece of work. He's a real piece of work. He's been seen in Los Angeles. He's been seen in Hawaii. Previous media reports listed his hometown as Ashland, Oregon, although Sandler says he has no fixed address. Wow. So if you see, if you're in Santa Cruz at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, do not engage with the man dressed as Cookie Monster or Elmo. I'm guessing a lot of people just naturally are not engaging. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. No, No parents are like, Go take a picture with evil Elmo cookie monster. With the guy shouting slurs and conspiracy theories. Yeah. Dressed as cookie monster. I'm guessing he doesn't turn it off. You know what I mean? Like, no. um, Wow. He just loves to perform. He loves performing. (laughs) There's no picture of him in this article, unfortunately, but. We'll just picture Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Our next story. This is, okay, this is from the Warwick tab. Oh, wow. This is from across the pond, I believe. I could be wrong. I I literally could have just made that up. It sounds like it. (laughs) The Warwick tab. (laughs) (laughs) These Warwick students woke up to find an actual poo taped to their front door. Taped? I think that's why I thought it was across the pond is because they say poo. Yes. Yeah. The poo. Does that make sense? <laughs> or am I just that tired? Um, yeah. Okay. Trigger warning. This article contains an image of feces. Oh, oh. they spell it the British way. F-A, like fairy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but feces. Like pedophile. <laughs> pedophile. That's, that's the word I always like, think of. If you of. see the A-E, you know it's from the UK. It's from the UK. <laughs> On Friday, the 17th of February, a group of unsuspecting Warwick students woke up to find that a poo had been taped to the front door of their Leamington Spa home. The student who found the feces was rushing out of his house in the early morning when he encountered the poo. Ugh, I'm sick. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing him rushing out of the house and being stopped dead in his tracks. You know that feeling yes. when you're rushing yes. and something happens and you nothing matters anymore? Yes. Yes. I just, I feel for this guy because I was rushing to set everything up before we started recording. Obviously, this is not nearly on the same level. It was just annoying as I, I spilled an entire glass of water on my floor. Yeah. And had to clean it up before we started. Yeah. It's just, so like, just like, no, I'm already trying to get this show going. Yeah. I don't have time for this. Distract. It's yeah. Yeah. This would be a worst case scenario. Just like imagine the sigh. Like why me? Why Why? did I have to find it? Now I have to deal. Because if you find it, you have to deal with it. And right. This (laughs) (laughs) like another roommate should have come out first. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it was even worse than him just finding it. Oh, no. So it was stuck to the door. Okay. The student told the Warwick tab, I was leaving my house and went to slam the door. No. When I did so... <laughs> when I did so, my fingers sunk into something soft and sludgy, which s- startled me. For some reason, I assumed it was peanut butter, but on... <laughs> Oh, poor thing. (laughs) But on closer inspection, I realized it was poo. He did not confirm how he came to realize that poo was, in fact, not peanut butter. (laughs) Well, Well, I feel like you'd realize pretty quickly. Because the smell. Yeah. Uh, He described his discovery as nothing short of traumatic. My flight or fight kicked in and I let out a primal shriek of disgust. I tried desperately to unlock my door with the other hand Uh before running inside and dumping half a bottle of soap on the soiled hand while quivering and gagging. Ew, there's a picture of it. I gotta see see it. I gotta. Wait a second. It's like in a bag. It's kind of halfway in a bag. I, I, I have to. Oh, I thought the black was the poo. Okay, I see. It's like, it's like, it looks like dog shit in a bag. Yeah, that someone half tore open and it's stuck to the door. The door right, right by the knob. Right above the knob. So you could easily, and it's on the oh, outside. Oh, that's why he thought it was peanut butter. Because <laughs> it's light brown. <laughs> this is so revolting. This is so revolting. Okay. Do we know what happened or? The student clarified that the poo was not warm at the time okay. of its discovery. Thanks, student. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thinking about this investigative journalist being asking these questions. What was the temperature? What yeah. was it? Do we know? Because if it was warm, it might have been a recent. <laughs> were there little stink lines coming out of it? <laughs> Indicating warmth. <laughs> and scent? Can you describe the scent? Leading him to believe that this particular or peculiar gift was left much earlier in the night. He was in, in, in a rush to f- so fled the scene. The landlord of the property who was coming over anyway was the second on the scene. She cleared the evidence and delivered the news of the attack to the other members in the house. (laughs) Why are they acting like this is a murder or something? Like she had a press conference. Yeah. Okay, everyone downstairs, I have an announcement to make. There's been an incident. (laughs) The fecal attack stirred up some anxiety among the house's inhabitants. One student expressed concern that the attack may have been targeted. They said, it seems a bit too extreme and a bit too calculated for a random attack. I'm more paranoid about the door being properly locked now. When I inquired if they had any suspicion regarding who may have been targeting them, they were unsure. I don't think any of us have any enemies, at least no enemies that would go to these lengths. <laughs> the incident unsurprisingly raised a lot of questions. Was it human? And if, and if so, did the culprit produce the poo by our door or do it elsewhere and transport it? It seems like quite a lot of effort. Another noted that the quality of the culprit's poo-taping efforts were somewhat subpar. The work of a serial door poo attacker, or not the work of one. Oh. I can't help but wonder if they've done this before. The shoddy tape work would suggest that this was the first time, their first time adhering a poo to the door. 
Now, if the BAU was on this case, oh. that would be something Gideon would say to antagonize the unsub. <laughs> Looks yeah. like shoddy work. It must be their first time. Yes. And they're furious because they're like, oh, I've done this many times. <laughs> I'm the best who's ever done it. Yeah, we would see him on TV saying that. And then it would flash to the unsub. It would be like him in silhouette, like watching his TV being like mm-hmm. gripping his fist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> becoming more and more furious yeah anyway stay safe residents of this apartment building so there's no more we don't know who did it or what happened this was from five days ago okay well hopefully we get an update there is a cctv camera in operation near the entrance of their house oh right so maybe they'll be able to i don't know look i haven't done any more research into this Wow. So five days. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. But hopefully these students are okay. Um, yeah. I love the guy that had to just wash his hand and then immediately go to his class. He's like, Ugh. I still got it. It's like, no, you take the day off. I would cancel my class. There's also something funny because it's like the language being used is very funny, like how it seems so dramatic. But at the same time, that would it ruin is. my life. It would <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, my fight or flight response kicked Like, it's in. very funny to hear the language, but I know how I would feel in that situation. And you Ugh. can clean your finger all you want. It will never be clean. <laughs> like I would never recover from no, that. No, it would be a nightmare. Ugh. Our next story is a feel-good story. This is from somebody's news outlet. Mm-hmm. ClickOrlando.com. Okay. Yeah, it's from Orlando. Missing Miami tabby cat found 1,400 miles from home. Oh, my gosh. Prairie Village, Kansas. Authorities in a Kansas city made a startling discovery over the weekend, scanning a lone cat's microchip and finding that the feline had somehow made it to the Midwest all the way from South Florida. How? The orange tabby, aptly named Lucky, was spotted in Prairie Village more than two years after going missing from Miami, a trip of some 1,400 miles. Police in Prairie Village said Lucky's owner has since been contacted and was making plans to reunite with the intrepid traveler. Though though such a journey done on foot could make even the proclaimers weep, police said remains it remains unknown how Lucky got as far as she did. Here's a picture. They're still figuring out. As of February 11th, when they tweeted this out, the police department. So the cat was microchipped. The cat was microchipped, yeah. and that's how they figured out. It wasn't just another orange tabby. Here's a picture of Lucky the cat. Aw, she's so pretty. Yeah. Look at her. I know. I need to know if there's an update on this. Like, they should be updating us. Well, how, this how happened. did it get there? Like did it, it hitchhike? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> did it take a vacation in Miami, maybe? And if it did get a ride, did that person just abandon them at some point? Do you know what I mean? Like, Right. Um, that just happened in my neighborhood group. What? Someone whose cat went missing in August of 2022 uh their cat just reappeared it's a black cat and its name was blackie <laughs> Did, was it microchipped 
Uh, I think so. Yeah. That's, but it had been missing for so that's like a long of. time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you you do see these stories like after, oh, yeah. after a natural disaster, sometimes a cat will come back months later or not even after a natural disaster. Like, right. It's, I've seen, I think we did one where it was like 10 years or something crazy. Like, right. Um, yeah. That's I hate great. when I hate when someone's pet goes missing. Oh, it's, it's the worst. It stresses me out so much. It really stresses me out too because I know that feeling. Ugh. Just like it's just awful, right? Anyway, so I'm happy that this family was reunited with their cat. That's that's a feel good story to me. This story is from the Guardian. It says it's not a darning tool. It's a very naughty toy. A Roman dildo was found. Another. Was there another dildo? I feel like we always have these ancient discoveries that are like dicks. Right. I think we've done like ancient dick drawings or dick art pieces. I feel like we had a stone dick. Okay, but this one's a wooden dildo. Ooh, splinters. Which, which seems a little more risky. I think so. I think we did have a stone dick. It was a stone one because it was like not very detailed. Right. But this <laughs> one has a head of a penis on it. Ooh, well, with a wood you can carve. Archaeologists believe they may have found the only known life-size Roman dildo discovered in a ditch in what were the farthest northern fringes of the empire. So this was discovered in the UK. Okay. But it was then... The Roman Empire. The Roman, part, like the furthest northest part of the Roman Empire. If it was not used as a sexual implement, then the 2,000-year-old object may have been an erect penis-shaped pestle, or it could have been a feature from a statue that people touched for good luck. Do you want to see a picture of this? Of course. It's obviously a dick, and it's very dildo-shaped. Oh, Yeah. It's got a nice big base. Right. But the there is a tip. Yeah, it's a dildo. It's a yeah. <laughs> that's that's our hey. expert opinions. I like the scientists are like, well, perhaps it was this. No. Like, they have to give extra. But I love the idea of these nerds having to be like, it's a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get into the history of what they thought it quote unquote thought it was or okay. said it was at first. What is definitively, what it definitely is not is what it was cataloged as after its discovery at the Roman fort of Vindolanda in Northumberland in 1992, a darning tool. So when this was found in 92, they were like, it's a darning tool. So that would be like, oh, you put the sock on it. And make a sock. And like fix the hole. Right. Yeah. You fill out something that you're sewing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they catalog this as. That's pretty funny. I have to confess, says Newcastle University archaeology senior lecturer Rob Collins, part of me thinks it's kind of self-evident that it is, it is a penis. I don't know who entered it into the catalog. Maybe it was somebody uncomfortable with it or didn't think the Romans could do such silly things. If they did think that... They could not be more wrong given that two and three dimensional representations of phalli were ubiquitous in the Roman world, whether it was mosaics, frescoes, pot decoration, or pendants worn around the neck. 
The the Vindolanda phallus is 16 centimeters long, but researchers say it was probably larger because archaeological wood is prone to shrinkage and warping. It has been examined by... (laughs) It's not me. I just went in cold water. I I shrunk. I I just went through archaeological (laughs) shrinkage and warping. I swear oh I'm God. bigger, baby. I like to picture some like 90-year-old woman working in the office cataloging things. And she's like, it's a dawning tool. <laughs> <laughs> she w- It wouldn't even cross her mind what yeah, it was. It's a dawning tool. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. It has been examined by researchers at the Newcastle University and University College Dublin. The analysis has revealed it to be, at the very least, the first known example of a disembodied phallus made of wood recovered anywhere in the Roman world. The phallus was found in a ditch, along with dozens of shoes and dress accessories, as well as craft waste products such as leather cut-up, leather off-cuts, and worked antler, perhaps one of the reason for it being seen as a darning tool. I disagree. I think whoever was crafting was also very horny. Yeah, the ancient Romans were huge pervs. Total pervs. Yeah. So they could be, they could need to like fuck or jerk off at a moment's notice, including while they were constructing uh, garments. They loved dicks. They loved dicks. Yeah. We've seen the paintings and the pottery. They always show in the dick. Yeah. What makes it what makes it sorry, what makes this a first is that it's not a small miniature phallus, says Collins. It's life size. It's also important because wood just doesn't normally survive. We couldn't find any parallels. Hmm. Are you looking at the dick? No. The size and uncertainty of function was fascinating, he said. Often in archaeology, when we find an object, we can tell what it was used for or deduce what it was used for. That wasn't the case for this object. We have had to cast our nets wide and thinking, what would a six and a half inch wooden carving of a phallus be used for? They really had to think? They had to really think put their thinking caps on. I like how one of their options was like, maybe it was to touch for good luck. It's like, that's your first thought over. It's something to sit on. <laughs> like whatever. Like, yeah. Use your brain. You guys are scientists. Yeah. Use your fucking brain. We had some very interesting discussions. Ancient phallic objects were often used for warding off evil. Ooh. The analysis is shown. Analysis showed the Vindolanda phallus was notably smooth, had notably smoother ends, indicating it was used for something over a period of time. Hmm, hmm what could that be? <laughs> Someone's pussy or bussy really smoothed, like sanded that thing down. Yeah, over time. That's it's the juices. Like, they, it was like um, waxing it. It was seasoning that. Seasoning it. Seasoning that dildo. Like a cutting board. You know how you have to oil it? Yeah. (laughs) 
The team has alighted on three possible theories, all of which are outlined in a detailed discussion paper published in the journal Antiquity. One theory is that it was used for sexual reasons. Hmm. That could mean it was a sex toy, although some caution is needed, said Collins. Sometimes the dildos weren't always used for pleasure. They can be implements of torture, so I'm very cautious of using the term sex toy. Hopefully that is not what it was used for. That is the most exciting and intriguing possibility. If that is the case, it would be, to our knowledge, the first Roman dildo that's been encountered from archaeology. We know from Greek and Roman poetry and Greek and Roman art that they use dildos. But we haven't had any archaeological examples found, which is intriguing in itself. People were hiding them. I can't believe dildo is a scientific word. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, there's not like another version of that word. Like artificial phallus. Yeah. Dildo. <laughs> it's just like funny to me that that's like the word. That's the word they use in this article in the guardian. Yeah. If it, the ob, the theory too, is that the object was used as a pestle either for culinary purposes or to grind cosmetic or medicinal ingredients. Its size would have made it easy to use, and the shape would have imbued the food or ingredients with perceived magical properties. The third option is that it was meant to slot into a statue which passerby could touch for good luck or to absorb or activate protection from misfortune, which was common throughout the Roman Empire. What are the chances, though, if that is true, the penis would be the thing that I think came off and was destroyed? And the statue would exist. Do you know what Where I mean? Where is the like, statue? Yeah. Where find this missing statue? And, and and also, even if that was the case, I think the reason they only found the dick is because someone stole it off the statue because they thought, hey, that would make a pretty good dildo. Yeah. I'm they gonna, got their little saw. <laughs> sawed it off the statue. They removed the dil- they removed the dick from the statue and was like, I'm gonna take this home. I like the idea of using it to make guacamole. <laughs> or like grind spices a dick shaped pestle yeah right no anyway that's all our news stories we'll be right back there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. Well, I'm out of television to watch that I feel like watching, but I did watch Elvis. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that. I've been mad about it for four days straight. Yeah. I've been so irritated about it. I don't like to talk shit that much shit about stuff I don't like, like movies and stuff, Mm because I know a lot of people work really hard to make these movies, and obviously stuff just is not for me. Yeah. But this, to me, I fucking hated it. I thought Austin Butler was excellent, and he was wonderful, and I think that's what makes me even more angry is that he wasn't given the proper movie to like show off his skills at performing Elvis. Right. I mean, I didn't hate it as much as you. No, I've been like actively upset about it. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I think I don't like Baz Luhrmann, but I think this is one of his better movies That's because crazy. there's at least a story. No, I felt like there wasn't a story. I just felt like well, it's it, a biopic. There is a story. It's his yes, life. There's a story. And it's like we have, but it just felt like to me now I'm going to get upset. It, <laughs> Go ahead. It's honestly funny how upset I am about this. Yeah, I, it's over the top. It's I, which is funny. No, like I think about it every day when I wake up, how upset this movie made me. Oh my God. It's crazy. I mean, I did watch it after Lisa Marie Presley died. So I was definitely more emotional about it. But uh, I thought the first 45 minutes was better than the last whatever hour and something. Like I didn't mind, even though it was annoying, but the Boslerisms of it all, I was able to get past it because I did think the performance was good. And I was interested. It's like I was searching for wanting to like it because I wanted to hear the story. I did too, but they kept glossing over all the interesting parts and they just, it just like, I, I know there's a lot to tell in his story and this is why biopics can be difficult because 
there's too much, there's too much stuff, but I just feel like I, I just do. I do not, I can't, I don't understand him as a director. I just don't, I, I love strictly ballroom, but like, I can't, it's too much. It's like there was never any moment to let things just hang there. It's like he's such a weird filmmaker. And like, I don't get why everyone keeps hiring him or putting money in his pockets. I just don't get him. I'm just he's not for me. He, and I know he has a ton of fans and people obviously love him, but I just don't get it. Yeah, he's a lot. And I just felt like there were so many moments in the in this Elvis story that I'm like, wait, I'm interested in that. It, it, it just moves forward. It just moved. I just, mean, part of that uh, is just the nature of biopics, which is why it's like a it's a difficult genre for me because I love biographies. Okay? Right. I read them my whole life. I love biographies. And I'll like the worst biopics because I like that genre, but they're not good. Like they're not good movies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're hard to make good. They're hard to make good, but they're always going to be kind of interesting because I'm interested in people's life stories. Like there's very few biopics that I've not, I've watched that I couldn't get through because I like I like hearing it, even when they suck. Like I liked Bohemian Rhapsody because I want to know about Freddie Mercury. Right. But I know it's a bad movie. <laughs> like it's a terrible movie. Right. I don't even know if it's a good performance. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, it's like my, my hopefulness for wanting it to be good always kind of overtakes things. But there's, um, yeah, I wish biopics could be better, but I just feel like the genre doesn't fit. It's but this filmmaking, but like, but this movie in particular was one of the worst biopics I've ever seen. Oh just, yeah, just, I disagree. At least it was like not boring to me. Oh, like it was not boring. I, I think there were, and mo- I've watched biopics that are incredibly boring. Well, maybe I haven't watched as many biopics as you, because <laughs> you're obviously into biopics. Yeah, so you've seen some truly stinkers. Yes, but I just felt like. There were moments that I really, that I did not really liked, but enjoyed more than others. Like I enjoyed his comeback special, that whole thing. Oh segment. yeah, that section was I good. I thought that section was like the best part of the movie. That could have been the biopic. Just that story of his comeback special. I just wanted more like letting things marinate a little right. bit. But that's not his style of directing. That's not his style. And you can't do that in a biopic unless you focus in on a very small uh, story of their life because there's no time to marinate if you're getting through 25 years or whatever it is, you have to keep moving on, which is why the genre can stink. And him in particular as a director, just like, it's just like, I realized I was like, Oh, his movies give me anxiety. Like they make me anxious watching them. Cause it's just like, there's never a moment to breathe. That's true. And it's too, it's a, he, he, he doesn't even have like a, just a mellow realness to it. Like another biopic that goes through really fast moments. It's sort of uh realistically portrayed. And yeah. this has this element of like, whatever, I don't even know what to call it over I, the topness. <laughs> and, and it's not that I don't enjoy highly certain, like highly stylized movies. I do like that. I like when movies are highly stylized, like. He doesn't use it sparingly, though. It's just so... It was just so much... It was so anxiety-inducing the whole time. Like, it just... I just felt like there was no depth and weight to this story about Elvis. Like, I'd never felt... 
I was never given a moment to feel a certain way or emotional or like see, right. see him as a complex person, really. I, yeah, I do agree. I think the comeback special could be a really good um, biopic. Just yeah. that story, really focusing in where he was at emotionally because his career was dead. He had wasted it um pleasing everybody else and right. not being whatever the artist he wanted to be. And then he kind of went back and took it back. That's like, I, that is interesting. And then having people in his own camp be sort of saboteurs right. against him, I think is really interesting. Yeah. And the downfall, like, or a biopic that's just his last like five years in Vegas. Yeah. And have flashbacks. Maybe. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like searching for a movie because the story is, his story is interesting because I watched the documentary that came out on HBO a few years ago. And that's where I first was kind of like, Oh, like there's more here than I knew. Yeah. There's definitely more here than I, you know, it's easy to dismiss Elvis because a lot of people who like him are cheesy. Uh, (laughs) He became this thing. Right. And it's, it's, it's easy to be like, fuck that guy for sure. Uh, but when you find out more about him, you're like, oh, he had a really interesting life. Like, Well, it's like I also wanted to be able – I just felt like I wanted to be – I felt like I was given such a sanitized version of his life too. It was weird. Yeah. I didn't see it as sanitized, but it definitely wasn't in-depth enough to get to know him, which could be a good biopic. Maybe he's unknowable in some way, but that's not what they were going for. It was just, I felt- I cried. I cried at the end with Lisa Marie and uh, when they were in the limo. Yeah. But like I said, I watched it during an emotional week. So maybe it I'm so me tired. I, this is good that I'm talking about this when I'm tired. So I can't, <laughs> I can't be unhinged because it's just a fucking movie. And obviously millions of people loved this movie. So I might be in the minority. I don't know. Is it a popular movie? I don't know. I I just went into it not I tried watching it and couldn't watch it. Then I watched it after Lisa Marie Presley died really late at night. It was like 1 a.m. Yeah. And I was just surprised I could watch it at all. And I thought I was so impressed with Austin Butler as Elvis. I was just shocked that anything about it was good. <laughs> I just And I did it I did well, I found it watchable. I mean, I wasn't like, I hate this. Like it was like whatever. It was perfectly fine watchable movie to me. Not that I love it. It's not my I it's not like I would be like, this is the best movie. I don't even necessarily recommend it. Like yeah. I was just like surprised. I mean, I really uh, think his performance was great and I really like the scene that kind of went viral on Twitter where he like deep throats the microphone when yeah. he's in Vegas. He's like Gah! No, I mean, there's there's things in it that are interesting and good. And I just, but that's what's so frustrating to yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's like, frustrating. It's like, why couldn't this have, why can't we linger here a little bit more? Well, the frustrating thing I agree is that I do think there could be a good movie here. And now is anyone going to do it? Has this become the gold standard where right. no one's going to do it now for a long time? Um, and maybe, I mean, I, I'll definitely would want to do a episode or two or three or however long it would be on him because then we could go into it deeper the more interesting aspects yeah i just without all the flash or i'm also the other thing i liked about this movie is like i would like to know more about colonel tom parker (laughs) like that story also seemed crazy to me like i had no idea about that guy's history 
So that I mean, would yeah, be also that, interesting. That's a story for sure too, but I just, I, I, I don't even want to like get back into it again. Like right. my thoughts about the movie, just cause I was so, like I said, I was like unhinged this week, like irritated Yeah. after watching this. Also, I, it was so long that I stayed up so late finishing it. Oh, me too. So <laughs> my eyes were, I was like, my eyes burned yeah afterwards well that's like, because tired. of all the the filmmaking style <laughs> yes. he makes your eyes bleed it makes your eyes bleed but i was also crying so wow I yeah cried. I, I cried. just i just i know it's like seems weird to say but i wanted to see more of austin butler's performance because it was so good and i felt like it this wasn't the right style of film to really show him as much as we, I don't know. It's hard to describe. He's really, he's really good. He's it. really good, and yeah. I'm, I'm proud of this little dude. He did a That's great job. Said that in the DM. You're like the kid. I was like, what the hell is she talking about? Because it came out of nowhere. I'm like, did I miss a part of the conversation? Because oh, you just dropped I, it out of nowhere. I referred, You're like the kid's performance was good. I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> I know I sounded like somebody's old agent or something. <laughs> <The kid. laughs> Like I referred to Austin Butler as the kid in the DMs for whatever. I don't know why I did. That was really funny. Um, but he was great. He was great. And I now I'm like, oh, his Golden Globe win was was deserved. He's really good. Yeah. And that's a hard role, like I said before, I think, because uh, it's such a parodied persona. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's, is. Office, it's often a comedic thing. So to to do it and not seem like you're being funny i think is good it's hard and he looked hot oh my god he looked really hot he looked so hot sometimes i was just like Ooh. i was shocked it was like gaga because i've never found elvis to be hot and i've never been into elvis musically right. or whatever but i found i found his performance he looked very hot well if what he did in the movie is what elvis did back then, which we would have no knowledge of really. Right. You can see why he took off. Right. Cause it was like, holy shit, this guy fucks. Cause he's like hump in the air. Yeah. And you can, when I was watching him, it gave me a sense of what it might've been like for these teen girls yeah. back in the day, seeing him. Uh, and that, that's also interesting story about how he was like banned and like, almost arrested, like arrested sometimes while performing so sexually. <laughs> like it's yeah. just such a prudish era that that's, it's like funny to think that that was even a thing. I know. I just felt like those moments that were so interesting were just never given a chance to like develop. And it's like, what's like, what's, what's going on here? Like, yeah. I mean, you definitely, I'm a hater. Baz Lerman. I'm a hater. I don't have like, um, he's not my, petty hate guy. I have, I definitely have them. I don't like his movies really, but yeah. I just don't even think about him. <laughs> you definitely have a beef. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with me this week. This week I was just being such a hater. It's fine. It's fun to be a hater sometimes. And this is let what, it all out. And this is why I don't like shitting on movies. What when this is why I would be a horrible movie critic is because like I realized that like Art is so subjective and a lot of stuff that I like is not for everybody and vice versa. Also you and I am also very mood based. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm very um, like, 
like going into something that I think is going to be bad. Like I'm like how, how I read things can be how everyone else reads them. Yeah. Like if everyone's like over the top about something and then I go in, I'm like, Hmm, it's fine. Sometimes that everything is so over the top. Yeah. Um, by the time you see something, you, you already like, have an opinion. You're like, it was fine. Your expectations get. Right. Uh, so yeah, every, it's basically everyone else's fault. It's, Just stop yeah. having discourse that influences <laughs> me, please. <laughs> um, anyway, that was like my most impactful viewing experience this week. Wow. Impactful. <laughs> yeah, it was impactful because I, for for whatever reason, I was irri- so irritated by yeah. it. Anyway, Austin Butler was great. I get why he was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, I'm trying to think, did I watch anything? I finished the Mission Impossible movies. Wow. They're fine. <laughs> Do you know what I realized? When you watch a movie that's like spy oriented... Yeah. You know, I guess this is kind of counts as that there's certain, um, international cities that you'll always hear Antwerp. Yeah. Belfast. Yes. (laughs) Mumbai. Like there's certain cities that are always like, that sounds cool. Yeah. I feel like they use those city names a lot. It's just very funny to me. I noticed it because I was like, why are they always in those cities? Why isn't it just some boring city? Right. You, you know what I mean? But there's certain names they love using. Right. Um, did I watch anything else? I did start The Shield again. This is like okay. the fifth time okay. I've Desi, started The Shield. <laughs> this is so weird because this week I thought to myself, should I try The Shield again? I think the thing about The Shield, it's not, I, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it. I did fall asleep. That has nothing to do with the, the show. But it's by the same guy as Sons of Anarchy. Right. I have heard it's one of the best finales of all time. And I want to get there. <laughs> Me too. I, I want to get to the finale. But the, every time I start The Shield, the only I realize the only reason I'm starting The Shield is so I can watch the finale, which I don't know anything about. Me and either. I don't want to know anything about. Me either. So don't tell me. I think I'm going to I'm gonna watch it. Because I, the thing I like about it is uh, it's definitely not copaganda. These cops are bad and they, they show they it. know they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, it's like showing you what you know to be true. Right. I mean, what I think I know to be true. Right. It's very uh, old, you know, they all stick up for each other. Right. Right. And they're not great people. And then there's a few people who try to do good, but are unsuccessful. Right. Uh, from what I've seen so far. Um, you know who else is in it? That guy. Um, oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck up his name. Walter Goggins. Yeah. He's in a lot of FX shows. Yeah. Well, he's in. I gosh, I feel bad. I'm forgetting this showrunner's name. The guy who did, who did Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, but oh. he's in. He's in Sons of Anarchy. He has like a little arc in that as well. Oh right, that's right. He does. Um, yeah, I can't remember, but he's married to Katie Segal. Mm, mm-hmm. What's his name? Kurt something. It's Kurt something. Uh, he's. The Sons of Anarchy is so good. That's why I'm kind of like, this is going to be good. And it is like the episodes I've watched. They're good. Uh, it's a, it's a serial like, and, and CCH pounders in it. And I love her. Oh yeah, that's right. She's, she's in it from the start. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably get back on that train. I watched the first two seasons of damages. Oh, you did. Yeah. I'm, I don't, you, you, you didn't like that. You, you liked the first two seasons the best. I think those are the best, yeah. but I probably watched the bad ones too. 
because I'll watch a show. Ted Danson fucks in this show a lot. He's always fucking. What, he he plays like a billionaire or something, he, right? He plays a billionaire guy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely watched all the seasons. Yeah. What are there, four? Glenn Close is just so good. This, like I said last week, she's just so good in this show. This is one of her better roles for me. Like, it's a perfect fit for I her. I just feel like it's a perfect... And I love Glenn Close. I I love her in like pretty much everything she does. But this, this to me was like made for her yeah oh totally no i think this is like a perfect fit for her yeah um yeah i I think the first two seasons are the best but i definitely watched the other ones yeah which were maybe three or four seasons i'm not sure did you Uh, watch the last of us last night i didn't yet because i had a night from hell so oh right right I will watch it tonight, probably. Another tearjerker. That's what I heard. I was like, how many tearjerkers are there? Every, su- every Sunday, they hit us with this like very sad episode of The Last of Us. I mean, it's it was. I really enjoyed this episode. I think you will, too. It was really sweet. Right. And it was well done. And Bella Ramsey is just incredible. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think you'll like it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Listening to any podcasts lately? (laughs) It sounds like a sounds like a confrontation. (laughs) Listening to any podcasts lately? Come on, Um, bitch. (laughs) I am listening to the David Miscavige episodes of Last Podcast. They're really good. Oh yeah, yeah. I recommend. He's a little freak. That guy is a freak. I mean, beyond being probably a criminal in some way or a bad guy. Yeah. He's also like a little weirdo. Right. Like an absolute freak weirdo. Right. And not a good way. Yeah. <laughs> like just, I I mean, what an odd person. How does that happen? I have well, no idea. Listen to last yeah. podcast and you get the story. I found out his dad wrote a book on him. Does, did his dad leave the church? Um, I think, I, I kind of admire the dad because I think the dad left the church because his son became in charge. Which I find to be a petty, that's a petty king. Because <laughs> I like the idea that you're like, that little freak's in charge, forget it, I'm out. Yeah, I'm like out of here. Like most parents would be like proud or be yeah. like, my son's in charge of the church. This guy was like, I'm out. I hate this kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that made me laugh. Um, I mean, the last podcast guys were sort of critical of the dad writing this book. But I don't. I was like, no, you can hate your kid if he's David Miscavige. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. Um, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put up with everything. I, I thought about you. I just, I thought about you when I was listening to a podcast this week. I was listening to the back episodes of this podcast called Under Understood, and it's a podcast where they solve like kind of minor internet crimes not not crimes i'm sorry internet mysteries or just mysteries like low stakes mysteries yeah and this one episode was about uh cool ranch doritos (gasps) and why they changed the name from cooler ranch to cool ranch do you remember in the 90s when it was called cooler ranch did okay my memory was 
it was Cool Ranch, and then some point they made it Cooler Ranch, and then it went back to Cool Ranch. That's correct. Oh, okay. That's correct. That's what happened. But this internet, or not internet, this mystery that someone, I guess, wrote into the show, or someone, I don't remember exactly why they decided to crack this case, was why did they go back to Cool Ranch, and why was it, why did it become Cooler Ranch? And also part of the mystery was the fact that there's seemingly no evidence, like all evidence that it used to be Cooler Ranch had been like scrubbed. Oh. And why? Why did they do that? And was there a taste difference? Like did they yeah. change the ingredients? So so it's these kind of low stakes mysteries. But those are the kinds of mysteries I really enjoy hearing about. <laughs> Me too. But what? Ha- why? Well, I think you should listen to the episode. No, I need like a quick synopsis. I promise I'll listen. Just tell me why. <laughs> so they were changed in 1994 Doritos to Cooler Ranch. And they also changed Nacho Cheese to, do you remember? Nacho Cheesier. Oh. Do you remember when it was Nacho Cheesier? Yes, but I always assumed they did something to it. They, like, yeah. Um. Nacho cheesier, from what I remember from this episode, they they upped the cheese flavor because in the 80s, people would always talk about having Doritos breath, and that was the like all the, the garlic and onion seasonings. So they oh. like bumped up the cheese seasoning <laughs> to mask. I like that that was a thing, Dorito breath. But you know, but you know, but you know, people talk about Doritos breath. No, I don't. In fact, now I'm like, shit, I probably have had that. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I always, the, when I think about Doritos breath, I think about this one R.L. Stein book from the Fear Street series where these two kids were kissing and the one person was like, the narrator was talking about how like her boyfriend had Dorito breath. Jesus, I, there's like this whole subculture. I have no. It does sound like a um insult, teen insult. Like, okay, Dorito breath. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. pizza face or something. Like, yeah, okay, Dorito breath. Um, at some point, Doritos also. Um, wrap- I like how they made more cheese though, to make you have not have Dorito breath. So then you just have cheesier, <laughs> more cheesier breath. Yeah, and I and I don't remember. I now I'm forgetting that I should have right. fucking. I I mean, it was like a few days ago when I listened to this, but now I'm forgetting exactly. But they did also learn that at one point the Doritos edges were rounded off sometime in the '90s because people were getting injured eating. <laughs> the sharp- I've had that injury where you swallow it and you don't chew it enough, so you have yes. a sharp thing go down your esophagus. Yeah. And you're like, I'm injured inside my esophagus. From a Dorito. The point scraped the, me all the way down. The, the point got rounded off a little more. Okay. I so, feel like I know that. Because right. you can see the roundness now. Like in the 80s, they were very sharp. Wow. See, that? that's like how we used to have um, more dangerous toys, right. more dangerous Doritos. <laughs> we used to Back ha- in my day. <laughs> We had sharp edges on our Doritos, you pussies. (laughs) So one of the guys on the show wanted to know for sure if like the flavor had changed between going back to Cool Ranch, like if there was more potent ranch flavor back when it was Cooler Ranch or if it was just simply a branding. So he found an unopened bag from 2001 when it was still Cooler Ranch on eBay and he opened them and he ate them and the Doritos had completely like 
deteriorated. Like <gasps> they were, they were still intact, but the, but they were the disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So he, it really couldn't be like, he couldn't do like an accurate taste test, but he did try one. I'm shocked that they deteriorated. You'd think they have so many chemicals. That's what, that's what they thought. I mean, the, like the chip was still intact, but the flavor had completely deteriorated. Right. It just was not as potent. It was a 20-year-old bag of chips. It wasn't chips. as ranchier. <laughs> it wasn't cooler. It wasn't as ranchier. Um, but it made me think about you, obviously, because this is a kind of mystery that we're very interested in. Oh, totally. And I was like, should I write into the show on behalf of Desi to find out if Milano's changed the formula <laughs> and made them smaller? I don't even, I know they changed the formula. <laughs> I know it. But we can get confirmation. Okay. These guys, we should write in. These guys do the research. Okay. Let's write in. I'm not, I want to write in. Because they probably have contacts at Pepperidge Farm. These they, guys. These people call, they they call Doritos or Frito-Lay, whatever. Like, is Doritos owned by Frito-Lay? Who the hell knows? But they, they like really call all the people. And get in touch with people. And a lot of times they're, you know, met with like a customer service, like we can't answer that question. It's corporate secret. It's a company policy. We could try to get an old bag of Milano's. Right. (laughs) It just, yeah, I just, I just, yeah. And it made me think like, what are some other mysteries? Well, here's the thing about Milano's. Typically, like, let's say if I had a Viennetta right now, and it didn't taste how I remembered, I would say to myself, well, I haven't had it in 20 years. Right. So my memory could be wrong. Milano's, I've had my whole life. <laughs> like I've had them throughout my whole life. Yeah. So that's not something I had 20 years ago. I've had them sooner than that, like whatever. So I would have a better memory of what they taste like. Yeah. So that's why I know that it's changed. And I... I know these corporations, they're always fucking changing things for no reason. Yep. Just to save one cent. Right. They don't fucking care. They don't care about us, the consumers. And they're like, people are still going to buy them for a very long time. Uh, and they're going to be like, are these different? And they're going to keep buying them and thinking, are these different? And then one day they're going to be like, oh, this is how they are. <laughs> That's what they're hoping for. They're gaslighting you. Yeah. They're gaslighting you because they're going to tell you when you get on the phone with them, they're going to be like, no, they've always been this way. And you think they're smaller. And I will say there's more room in that little paper cup. Yeah. Like they don't fill the paper they cup anymore. They don't fill anymore. the paper cup. When I, I don't, for whatever reason, Brendan came home with a bag of Milano's like last yeah. week. And so I said, oh, now I can see what Desi's talking about. Because oh. I haven't had them in many, many years. And I, I got to be honest, I was shocked when I opened it and I picked up one of those cookies and I said, this is smaller than I remember. And the texture and and taste is off. It's not like it's bad. It's just not what it was. The texture felt denser. It's different. It was denser. It felt like it was more light. Did you just get the plain Milano's? The chocolate, dark chocolate Milano. Dark chocolate ones, yeah. Were you a Uh, mint Milano girl? Yeah, back in the day. But the last ones I've had were just the plain ones. I had the plain dark chocolate. The other ones I liked were the Brussels. Brussels are good. Those are really crispy. No, Everyone ate the same Pepperidge Farm cookies in the 90s. You have Brussels, Milano's or Mint Milano's, and Salsalitos. Those were the the official Pepperidge Farm cookies of the 90s. And you could get the variety pack with the Chessmen. But no one ate (laughs) them. The Brussels, the Milano's. 
It was like, it's like when you get the butter cookies, everyone eats like the pretzel one. Right, right. The, these ones, you could always predict what ones would be left. Unless your grandmother's around, she's going to eat those chessmen. <laughs> so backstory on the chessmen cookies. I opened my grandma's pantry last year when I was in Philadelphia visiting her. And I gasped when I saw a package of Pepperidge Farm Chessman cookies because, and I laughed because I'm like, that's the most grandma cookie you can buy. Oh yeah. They love a shortbread. Grandma's like, love a fucking <laughs> shortbread. And I started, I was like, you know, on vacation. So I was like, I'm just eating whatever sweets I can get my hands on right now. And so I started eating these Chessmen and I was like, these are actually really good. Shortbreads are good, but my child mind is still like, that's plain. <laughs> No, and boring, you, but they're good. You got to try a chessman. I think they're really good. And I, when I came, when I returned last November for Thanksgiving, I opened her pantry again and I laughed because there were another bag, a new bag of chessmen. And I knew she had gotten a new bag because they had like a holiday decor on them. Ooh. They were like a holiday edition. Now, do you think in her grandma mind, she was like, oh, Rachel really loved these last <laughs> She was here. I'm gonna get them again for her. I don't know. Maybe that like because that's also a grandma thing. Like they think they think oh she really enjoyed those last yes. time. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like you were just eating whatever you could get in your face. No, I mean, I <laughs> but think, you did like them. I think it's a combo of both. I think she noticed I ate a lot of them because I did eat a lot of them, and also that she's a grandma and grandmas love shortbread. They just love shortbread. And I, I do too. It's, I do not, too. it's not something I think of getting, but if it's in front of me, I'm going to eat it because they're good. It's like one of those, it's like an underrated classic. It is an underrated classic. And I, yeah. Now there was one other Pepperidge farm cookie that I would say was third, like second tier. And it was sort of like a combo. It was in between Brussels and Milano. It was a similar concept what was it had it? the chocolate i'm trying to i was trying to look it up um i wonder if it even exists oh because it okay it was the one that had like it's a circle and it had like this the little lot it had like a design on it yes do you yes. know what i'm talking about yes yes okay i'm looking i'm looking up their cookies right now i need like a whole chart yeah we could rank them rank the pepperidge farm rank the pepper- they're all pretty pepperidge farm cookies they're all pretty good I will say I, I haven't had like one that I was like, this is terrible. For, I kind of like them all for a packaged cookie. Yeah. Like it's a certain style, uh, the Pepperidge farm cookie, right? Like, yeah. And I generally, it's hard to, it's hard to please me with packaged cookies, but I think the chessmen are pretty good. There's the Lido swirls and chocolate. Sorry. Melons. Melons using the litter box. Zurich. I've never heard of that. The Montauk, the Bordeaux. Oh, I think maybe it's the Bordeaux because that's like a um, that's like an oval shape. Or like okay, a, that's an oval shape. The Brussels, the Tahoe. That's a chunky white chocolate chip. The Tahiti. The There's what, so many of what's them. What's the Bordeaux? The Bordeaux. Oh, that's a that's a um butter cookie. It's a butter cookie. What about the pirouettes with the Ooh. little rolls? You get like a big can of those pirouettes. I could eat a can of those in one sitting. Me too. They're they're very light. (laughs) Bordeaux, (laughs) the pirouettes are good. Speaking of things I can eat the whole bag of, those slightly covered chocolate almonds from Trader Joe's are 
out of control. I'm telling you. I bought a bag of those this week and I did eat the whole bag. They're Th- so Those are so good. Good. Uh, it is the perfect ratio of chocolate to almond. And the almond is good. It's very, it's roasted. So it's like very crunchy. Yeah. Uh, and there's a hint of salt, like, but not like in the way a lot of desserts are salted now. It's very subtle. It's very subtle. It only enhances the chocolate flavor. Yeah. I'm telling you. No, I, when I tried them, I'm like, this is a keeper. Like is, they're so good. <laughs> I'm an expert at Trader Joe's stuff. <laughs> we also bought the garlic bread cheese. Oh, did you air fry it? Yes, we air fried it. And I, look, you should have seen Brendan's face when we were in the store and I pointed it out to him. He went, wow, <laughs> he, he, he lost it. He freaked out. Yeah, and it's he, good. He goes, we better get two of these. It's very eatable, edible. <laughs> It was so good. Yeah, it's really good. We ate that as a little snack. Yeah. it's. I love it. I dipped it in a spicy marinara. Mm. It was really... I was like, this is like a um, non-breaded mozzarella stick. It or really something. was. The texture of it was so good when you crisp it up. Oh, like, the texture, that kind of... I say rubber. Like, it, there's like a... It's toothy, kind of. like It's a toothy cheese, like a halloumi cheese. But when it crisps up in the air fryer or you could do it in your toaster oven um it just the crispy texture on the outside is really good it's like bubbly and yeah it's so good it was it's a good cheese trader joe's i don't know what they're thinking of over there at that company i don't know how they do it but they have the snack game like down locked like they there's no one making better snacks than trader joe's and i love them for um they have a lot of misses, but they they're try, they're trying. They're trying it. They'll try any. If they get if they get a popular flavor, then they the next week <laughs> you're gonna see thirty things with that flavor. It's gonna be everything bagel locks, everything bagel crackers, <laughs> everything bagel pretzels. Like, right? Do you know what I mean? Like they'll like try. They're like, let's see how what they like here. See, we'll if put you it like, on fucking everything. Put with it some on everything bagel seaweed crisps. We got it. Right. <laughs> With some fucking everything bagel dip, I bought it. I did buy that dip. <laughs> it was good. That see, I, I rejected a lot of them, but I was like, that sounds good. It was like a really thick Greek yogurt with um, everything bagel seasoning. Like mm. that goes together. Right. And it was good. Um, they, they um, the other cracker that they sell at TJ's that I love is the non-crackers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good. <laughs> when you said it, I thought it was N-O-N. No, it's like, N-A-A-N. I was like, what's a non-cracker? No, it's like, it's like the <laughs> yeah, Indian, yeah, yeah. Indian flatbread, but they're crackers, and they're kind of shaped like a non And Yes. They're kind of buttery. You know what else is really good? The, um, the flat pretzels. What? They're like pretzel crisps. So they're like they look like pretzels and they're they're flat. Oh, and you you, they're, you can dip them. They make those at other grocery stores, but is this a oh, TJ's? This version? is a TJ's version, mm. and they have uh, they might have an everything bagel version. They're yeah. really good. Though. Oh, I've eaten bags of those like other brands. Oh yeah, they're, they're delicious. It's a, it's a good one. Um, yeah. So that's good. What speaking of eat? What did you eat this week? Well, I I if you don't know. If you join our Patreon, 
uh, we have a discord group and in the discord group, we started a, um, French food club yeah. where we make something every week and it's really been fun. And there's a lot of really good chefs in our group. There's so many talented people. Yeah. So this week we made, um, pate a choux, like choux pastry, which is what is the basis for cream puffs and eclairs, uh, stuff like that. It's a, it's a difficult dough that I've had trouble with. Profiteroles. Profiteroles. Um, and I, I, my first batch of dough I tried, I fucked it up again. <gasps> I have like a mental block with this dough, but then I like, I did it again. Okay. So I went through a lot of fucking eggs. Did you use the... <laughs> I felt guilty. Did you use the joy of cooking recipe? No, I did the Claire Saffitz. It's a very basic recipe. There's very little variation amongst it. Like it's kind of like one of those things where like some people think all water, some people do half and half milk water, like that kind of thing. So I did the milk, half water, half, half. I'm always going to add, milk right if there's an option me too i'm never gonna do just water unless it's absolutely mandatory i want to bump up that creaminess (laughs) i'm gonna add some more calories to anything me too so i did finally get the dough correct and that was very joyous um i cooked up some logs to make egg clairs like i i piped out the fucking logs Mm -hmm. uh i made two different pastry creams Cause I made a vanilla pastry cream and then I added chocolate to half of it. Cause wow. I was going to do, I was like, Oh, might as well. I'm going to have so much. Then I made a ganache and I made little eclairs hmm. and I ate them all when I was stressed you, yesterday. You ate them all? Well, like most of them. I thought you were going to bring some over. I mean, (laughs) they weren't like perfect, but now I know I learned a lot. That that was the key. I learned a lot. They were tiny. These are like small uh, eclairs. They weren't like those big fat ones you see in bakeries. Okay. Okay. Um, But I will make them again because now I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing now. I know what my mistakes were uh, so I can fix those. Uh, and now I can do variations uh, if I want to. I know how to make the dough. Right. Uh, so that was the key thing I learned. And everyone in the group did a great job. It was fun seeing everyone's... And it made me do it. I wouldn't have done it probably. I would have been like, ah, oh, forget it. I didn't do it. I feel bad. Um, well, it was definitely like a lot of work. But yeah. I, it was raining all day Saturday, I think, when I did it. So right. I was like, oh, I'm here anyway. That's what I should and have I had done the, um I had purchased the ingredients, so I had it ready to go, and it's a lot of steps. I mean, but you can't just make the cream puffs and do like an easier thing. You can just put them with ice cream or whipped cream, whatever. So it was very fun, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll give ourselves a week off. Yeah. Because it's multitude things a month, I think. But yeah, do the next one. I will. It was... I, I honestly was like, wow, I I really paid attention to what was happening and I learned a lot. Like it was, it was good to be like, okay, next time I do this, I'm going to do this, this, like you come up with your little tips and then everyone shared their little tips so right. I could look and see like how to troubleshoot things. Right. Um, but yeah, I was very proud of myself for finally getting this dough, which I, I failed at multiple times. I love that little group. I love seeing what our listeners are cooking. I love seeing what our listeners are baking. I know someone said, 
in the group, I think it was Mandy. She said that it, she loves it because it keeps her off of Twitter and it's a more Ugh. joyful place. Ugh. And it's like, yeah, this is what Twitter should be. People just sharing pets, food, show ideas, <laughs> talking about stories that we're all interested in. And that's, it, it's true. It's like an, it's like a more ideal social media site. Yeah. So, and, uh, it's really fun. So you should, uh, join our Patreon and check it out. Yeah. If you want to, if you join the Patreon, you'll have access to our discord link and you can be, we have various channels in the discord. So if you're not interested in French cooking, there's other topics that yeah are available. Someone in that group said, she's like, I'm not doing it, but I like looking when that's valid yeah i would too if i was like afraid of cooking i'd be like let me see like maybe i'll try it one day it's very fun so that's my big project that i made i mean uh yeah what about you nothing i didn't cook anything this week i just ate those almonds yeah and they were really good and that bread cheese that's valid and that's also (laughs) valid i didn't have a big cooking week yeah. Did I make anything? I can't think of anything I made. I'm going to, yeah. I really can't. So, anyway, that's it. Bye. Bye.